Welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out-of-this-world conversations with extraordinary people. And today, I am so excited to have my soul sister, Chris Groth, on with me. Let me tell you a little bit about Chris. So, Chris Groth is an archangel life coach, intuitive energy healer, spiritual teacher, sound healer, and best-selling author. Her fiction books in the Soul Healing series, Soliloquy and Solicitude, weave together her love of romance and her knowledge and experience in spirituality and healing. For over 20 years, Chris has worked with clients all over the world to heal their hearts, nourish their souls, and illuminate their paths. Now, through these books, she hopes to bring this healing and wisdom to a wider audience. So welcome, Chris. I am so excited to have you here with me today. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Always yeah. fun to talk with you. Yes. And so, um, you know, normally these podcasts have a little more of like the alien flavor. However, angels are definitely like higher dimensional beings. And so mm -hmm. I love for you to share with everyone how you even got into working with the angels and what that, what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Well, I've always been interested in angels, even, you know, growing up, that was something that always, always appealed to me. Uh, but I would say, well, close to 20 years ago, um, I was, uh, I was taking a healing class and was uh, on the table receiving, receiving uh, energy healing. And this big angel came in and I, this was all new to me. And I was, um, even uh, like I wasn't real open into my int intuition at the time either, but it was, it was a powerful experience. And the person working with me at the time was describing to me all, you know, the, the things she was seeing and hearing and, and it corresponded to what I was sensing. I'm more of a feeler. So I was feeling what she was describing. Um, and so that, that kind of, after that experience, I was like, Oh, I want more of that. I want more of that. And so I, I kept, uh, kept working with through different classes and trying to, you know, open up, expand my intuition more, but also learn, learn more about the different angels. So I spent, spent time um, in meditation and trying to connect one at a time, trying to get a feel for it, because as a feeler, I, you know, when, when you're feeling energy, different beings have different vibration, but if you, until you figure out what that is or how to recognize it, that it's all just, sensation right it's all you know yeah. you know it's hard to understand so it took me a long time to to differentiate and to to be able to trust what I was feeling and sensing and and to bring the knowing that that went with the sensation um so it was it was a several years that that I was you know playing around with it calling in different ones and trying to get a good enough sense where I could you know kind of get it get to know them a little better and then move on to the next one. So fascinating. So like, okay. So when you're feeling the energy, I mean, so are you only working with the archangels or are you also working with other kinds of angels? Um, I did a little bit of both. I, I think I, I preferred to do the archangels because there was like a, basis to it like I, I could have a name and say okay today I'm going to call in Archangel Michael and you know I I could um 
I had something to go by. Whereas the other angels, I didn't have a name or I didn't have, you know, and I, I knew they were there, but it was just harder to, um, to build a trust with that. Um, whereas, you know, the archangels, I could, I knew, I had a list of their names and I could call on them one at a time and, and, you know, get a sense of them and, and know, okay, and I would write down in a journal, okay, if I call on Archangel Michael, this is what I, this is what I felt. This is where I felt that, the, you know, and I kind of kept track. So every day I could compare, okay, th this day and this day, I, I felt the same thing. Maybe there's something to that. And then, you know, the more I did it, then the more I was able to trust that, okay, every time I feel it this way, that's, that means it's Archangel Michael. Um, okay. And so, and you're calling them in. So like with Michael, for instance, if you're calling him in, is he just, he just shows up for you? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would sit in meditation and I would set the intention that, okay, today I'm going to, I'm going to ask Archangel Michael to come in and help me to experience him. I want to feel the vibration. I want to feel, you know, whatever it is in my body or, you know, if there's colors, I want to sense those, whatever I can sense, I want to be open to sense that. And so then I would, you know, I would do that. I would sit with it for a while and then I would get out my journal and I would write whatever experience I was having, you know, it might even be thoughts that came through or, or um, images that came to my mind, whatever, whatever that happened to be during that time. Sometimes they might not seem relevant, but other times, other times they were. And, and sometimes I didn't get the pattern until later. Um, of what was really, you know, coming to me. So, yeah. okay. So, and the reason why I want to like really get into this is because I know that there are a lot of curious people out there of like, well, how do I, how do I call the angels in or how do I call the different aliens in or fairies or whatever mm -hmm. the other dimensional beings are? Right. So, any advice that you can give, and you're giving great advice right now of what you did of like, mm -hmm in very specific ones and feeling that um so do you so is there anything else that you would advise people yeah i didn't have any specific thing that i said or you know like there wasn't a specific invocation or anything i just you know okay you know today it's going to be you know archangel Raphael. you know what can you help me experience and so you know but i but i was clear about setting my intention and and really you know creating this space to do this, you know, where I would, I would light a candle and I would, you know, have a time. It was usually at night when, after everybody else went to bed, that was when it was quiet in my house. So I would, you know, have my quiet time and I would, you know, sit and call them in and I'd have my journal. And so it was like my sacred time. Um, but yeah, it, it would be the same for whatever being that you wanted to call in. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I needed to do the same thing over and over and over and over. Like if I was going to work with Michael, I needed to work with Michael every day, you know, until I got to trust it. If mm -hmm. I would switch from one to the next to the next, it all just got muddled together and I, it felt the same, but I, I needed that prolonged time to, to establish that trust, mm -hmm. more trusting my intuition than anything else. Um, but to, and to, and the discernment, you know, because when, when you're sensing energy, for me, it, it was, it was hard to differentiate un, unless I did a prolonged time where I really got
got to know them and you know then i could sense like different uh different signs that would come in or different um messages that would come through and you know get a feel for the ways that they help me and things like that um so it that that prolonged time was important for me just because i I'm a doubter, you, you know, from my um, intru- my um, human design that that's one of my big things is is doubt. So so for me, I, I needed to set it up in a certain way to to get around that doubt that I'm always doubting whether, OK, am I doing this right? Was this really a sign? Was was it just um, just my you know, the way my body was feeling that day or, you know, maybe it was something else completely different, you know? Yeah. So. Now that's interesting you bring up human design because you're also a one three and the ones need to research. They need like that hard, the facts, the, and so mm-hmm. that's you doing that. But the three is the experiencer, the experimenters. So having that hands on combined with that, like mm-hmm. deep study. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So very interesting. So can you share like, between Michael and Raphael, how that feels different in your body or how that shows up differently for you. Mm-hmm. So um, Michael has a stronger energy, so he was easier to feel. He was the first one I started with just because, you know, he's he's so well known. And so I, I started with him and he his energy is is more powerful. And um, uh, let's see, I don't remember. You know, it, it's shifted over the years of of how I sent them, but I remember there was there was like a place on my back where I was sensing um, Michael, and it was like you know, okay, a hand on my back that that was okay, like that he was here, and um, Raphael, Raphael, since I'm a healer, so I work with people, I you know, with the um, hand putting my hands on people and doing therapy with them and. I didn't realize for, you know, I I knew that, okay, I was sensing things with my hands. I had like this energy in my hands. Sometimes they would feel warm and I didn't really know what that was. But, but as I was working with people, you know, things, things were happening and it wasn't until a couple years later that I realized that I was channeling energy of Raphael while I was working on people. And so because I was connecting with him and, and I was connecting with, um, you know, I was intentionally bringing in healing energy for their greatest good. I just hadn't like made that connection for myself that, okay, I'm channeling this energy. <laughs> I'm, I'm channeling from Raph, through Raph, Raphael through me. Um, and so like, I was open to, okay, however, this is, for the greatest good for, for my clients and for myself, but, but not always making the, the little, um, like the connections or like the ahas of how this is all working. I was just trusting that it was, um, I, I could feel that it was working. I knew, but I just didn't always know exactly what was happening, which I think happens a lot with, you know, when we're, we're working with these, these different beings, we don't always understand Mm-hmm. how or why but you know okay something happened and i'm trusting that that you know that's what it was um yeah i think trust is a huge thing that yeah. everyone can um soak soak in yeah. <laughs> so, and, 
that was, long story short, Raphael, I feel mostly in my hands okay. um, with being being a hands-on healer. Yeah. So sometimes it's warmth, sometimes it's a vibration, a buzz, um, but it also moves through my whole body too. So it's not always just my hands. Um, okay. So then are there other angels that come through with your healings with clients or just Raphael? Because I know you do work with the other angels as well. Mm -hmm. How? Yeah. Well, it, it it's different for different people. Like if someone is is uh, has has issues with, um, say, with a broken heart or love issues, then Shamuel may come in to help help with the heart healing, or um, you know, the, the angels they don't all um, they're not all just like mutually exclusive exclusive that only this one works on healing and only this one works on protection and only this one works on, um, forgiveness, you know, that, um, they all can work on all of those things, but we, we may resonate with some, some of the archangels more than others. And so, you know, one person that I'm working with might, might have a really strong connection with Archangel Michael. And even though she needs healing for, you know, these past, trauma issues or whatever it's Michael that that is coming in strongest and Raphael may be there to help me as the healer to bring what exactly what's needed but but Michael is just as present or um or there might be you know a whole um circle of angels around this person because you know they have connections with with many different ones and they all want to help. So sometimes, you know, it's, there's a whole room full um, and that's okay. You know, I will work with whichever ones come in and usually, I mean, it's a combination of the ones that are resonating with me at the time, but also the ones that, that are present for that person. So we, okay. we work together. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. So um, can you, can, do you work with people that aren't physically there? Cause you did say that you, you know, you have touch. With oh yeah. Clients. So in the beginning it was all about, you know, I was just seeing the people that came into my office and I put my hands on them. But since then in, in the last, I don't know, seven years, probably I've, I've been doing more of the um, remote healing so I can connect with people the same, whether they're with me or, you know, in Hawaii or in the UK or wherever in the world the it's all about energy. And so we can connect our energy. You know, I can tune into your energy and feel what, what's happening in your body and you will feel it as if, you know, you'll feel it in your body or around you or whatever. Um, the things will be moving and shifting and, you know, you may feel emotions, you might feel, um, your body relax and soften or you, you know, things are happening and you will feel them the same as, as if I was right there. It's, it's really amazing. And I have, I mean, we've done a session even over video like this mm -hmm. yeah, for, for your group. So it is true. And we are all connected. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it seems like there's distance, but there really isn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So well, beautiful. So, um, how else do you work with clients? Because so you're an archangel life coach. So what is mm -hmm. that? Well, with with the coaching sessions, I combine the um, the energy healing 
channeling in the the angels to help with that we also talk about whatever issues are coming up and which angels might might best be supportive of of whatever is happening at the time then we do a healing session but then i also channel wisdom from the angels of whatever could would be most helpful for that person um at the time related to you know what's happening in their lives what happened in the healing session and okay what what's the message to um that they want that the angels want to um, leave with the person as we end the session and then i record a channeled um sound healing meditation for them as well so it the archangel life coaching is is like a combination of all these different parts that you're getting you're getting everything that <laughs> everything that i have here you go <laughs> okay so and let's talk about the channeling part because i know that some people are like okay number one what is channeling but also mm -hmm. some people actually do channel or they want to channel so how did that come about yeah that like I, I mentioned, I I didn't realize that I was channeling for a long time. That um, first it was just the energy that was moving through me for for the healing sessions, mm -hmm. and as I was doing that, thoughts would pop into my head, and you know sometimes sometimes I would share them. Sometimes I you know the doubter was like, oh I don't know if that's if, am I supposed to say that I don't know. <laughs> so it took me a while to to trust that okay whatever is popping into my head while I'm doing this, that's a message that I need to speak. And so, so that was, you know, I, within that sacred space of a healing session, I was open to whatever was coming through and it was the healing energy, but it was also information. And it was also, um, um, messages from different, you know, sometimes it would be something that came in from a loved one or, or from an angel that, okay, this is, this is something that, this, this person needs to hear, but other times it was, um, like an understanding, okay, this is what this, I was sensing this sadness. What's that about? And then getting some insight that maybe they, maybe they weren't aware of this, you know, is it something from when you were, you know, a child when, you know, five years old, what, you know, like these things were popping into my head and, and then the person Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, this is what happened when I was five, and then going with that, taking taking the healing to a, a deeper level of we're we're processing these deep emotions or past trauma or things that have been buried for many many years, and now it's it's time to bring them up so that they can finally get healed. And then with writing books, it it was the same thing. I, you know. I didn't think I would write a book, but then, you know, I, in a meditation, I was told, okay, in the next year, you're going to be writing a book. And I thought, no way. I, you know, I'm not a writer. I don't write anything. And um, I set that aside. And, you know, six months later, it came back again, even stronger and saying, okay, it's time to write a book. And then the, then the ideas started coming. And when, as they came, then I wrote them down and that became a book. So uh, which I want to talk about in just a minute, but <laughs> I have another one more question about the healing stuff that you do because mm -hmm. you also do sound healing. Mm -hmm. Sound is such a powerful tool in yeah. so many different ways. So, can you talk about the energetics of sound and how how that actually helps in healing? Yeah, so I use crystal singing bowls uh, as as sound healing, and you know they they sound like this. I have one 
couple of them right next to me. Um, the the sound healing, the sound vibrations of the crystal singing bowls have have a high vibration, and when when I use those either in a healing session or in a meditation, it helps uh, like elevate and um, raise our consciousness so that we can get out of our own way. We we can go to a really deep, more meditative space uh, where our mind is quiet and we can. Uh, let ourselves receive what what we really need. And sometimes it seems like like we're in a completely different place on some other plane or dimension or you know that the um, the bulls can take us wherever we need to go. And so it's um, it's uh, the bulls can be a vehicle. That's what I'm coming to me right now. They're they're a vehicle of of it can take us places, but it can also bring us what we need also. And so, you know, you have, you have the sound waves that are moving and they can, they can be moving to clear things away. Mm -hmm. They can be moving to bring things to us, but they can also be moving to, to elevate as well. And <laughs> I've never said it in that way before, but that was, just <laughs> that was what needed to be said right now. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's beautiful because, that's one thing that I teach about in terms of like this connection with the other dimensionals of like, we, we're as earth humans generally vibrating pretty low, right? Mm -hmm. We're pretty dense. And so the more that we can raise our vibration, raise our energy, the more likely then we can connect to these other dimensions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and the singing bowls do that. They help us to, um, with that vibration, you know, you're clearing away some of the stuff that is weighing us down. You know, sometimes it's past experience. Sometimes it's emotion that's been heavy and it is just, you know, holding, weighing us down, but lowering our vibration. And as we clear this away, we bring in more healing, but it also helps us to, to raise our vibration to a higher level as well, where we can be more in touch with, with the, um, light beings and you know we're more more we have an easier time connecting with them but it's also um helps us to to be able to be more of who we are meant to be also yeah beautiful so okay so let's we let's get into your books now okay, okay. i've i've you have two books that mm -hmm. you yeah i have um, had the pleasure of reading both of them thoroughly enjoy. And so, and I know you are an avid reader yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Really yeah. like romance novels. Yeah. And uh, they have that romance flair, not Harlequin, like, or, you know, it's not no. cheesy romance. <laughs> no. But then you bring in the spiritual underlying story to those. So first talk about the first book, because how long ago did you write that? Soliloquy. Um, it was first published four years ago. Um, and then now last week I re-released it. So it, it had a, it was re-edited and like had a complete makeover and now is, is re-released. And I feel like, I feel like it needed that vibrational shift, um, to come out now. Um, so it's, it has a, has a beautiful cover and, <laughs> So yeah, that was, um, 
it was released four years ago. It took, let's see, I, I wrote it the year before that. So five years. Um, okay. And so like writing fiction, like I, not my thing. I'm like, I got to write stuff that I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but how, um, I mean, you did, you brought this beautiful story that is fictional, but then you brought in elements of your energy healing and, and all of that. So if, yeah. if you could just shared the first book, just mm -hmm. give a little tidbit of what that is about. So uh, this, the book Soliloquy, uh, the, the title solilo Soliloquy is, you know, talking to yourself, like in Hamlet, you know, when, when he's talking to himself, the monologue, that's what soliloquy is. Well, throughout this book, the main character, Lily, learns to connect with her soul. And she has these conversations with her soul in, in journal entries. Every chapter, there's a, there's a new journal entry. And so she's talking with her soul and finding out, trying to figure out what, um, what she, what would make her life better. She's in the beginning of the book, she's in a place where, you know, she has everything she ever thought she wanted. She has a good job. She has, she has a, a nice guy. She, you know, everything is going well, but she's not happy. And I think this happens to so many of us, you know, we're, we're on this path and we just stay on this path because it's the path we've always been on and we should be happy there. Right. But we get to a point where, okay, this isn't making me happy. And why isn't this making me happy? What, what's, what's missing or what, what's wrong. And it was through her, um, she meets an energy healer and goes through, you know, digging through some of her old expectations and, and things that, you know, were kind of ingrained in her that teaching her that this is what you should want. <laughs> this is what will make you happy. Um, and until she can, you know, go deeper and find her own truth and, and bring that out. Okay. What is it when she really connects with her soul? What is it that her soul really wants for her? And um, maybe it's this, but maybe it's something else. Um, and that's, you know, through this book, you're going through this journey with Lily as she's discovering herself and finding out um, what she wants in life. And I think that's something that that we've all done from time to time and, and continue to do. Exactly. Um, I mean, I reading it, I could relate because I have been in different timelines where I feel like, okay, you know, on the surface, it looks like I should be just Filled with joy and just have the best life, but then underlying, it's like, no, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, okay, what does my soul want? So I think that um, it's a book that a lot of people can relate to. And in yeah. fact, I mean, I think most women mm -hmm. absolutely relate to. Yeah. And, and I think that no matter what stage of life you're in, you know, whether you're, you know, young and just trying to figure out her career and, you know, trying to decide if you want a family or not, or if you've, you know, raised your kids and now, you know, now what, or, or maybe later in life, okay, what do I want to do now? Um, you know, it, no matter where we are, there, these things come up that, okay, you know, we, we can be unhappy at any point in our lives, but what, what do we want to do? What, what would really make us happy? And, and, you know, how do we find, that inner truth, that, that inner light of, okay, what, what is their soul trying to say? Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's you and I, that's what we do with our clients, right? We mm -hmm. help 
try to find that inner knowingness, that inner truth. Right. Yeah. Desire to okay, follow your soul's desire, your mm-hmm. heart's desire. Yeah. And sometimes you do need to, um, you know, dig through some of the crap that you've been carrying for too long uh, in order to get to that truth. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think most people have blockages that they're they're not even aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and again, we're human. So we're, we're going to continue to have blockages throughout our lives mm-hmm. while we're still human. Right. It's yeah. part of learning and wisdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and figuring out what those lessons are. What is it that we're learning here? <laughs> exactly. So then, so, okay. So that one just got re-released last week. And mm-hmm. then number two, Solicitude, comes out this Monday. Yes. Monday. Monday okay. So t- tell me about that book. Tell everyone about that one. So uh, Solicitude is, um, is a story of... Um, like um, deciding to to um, choose a different path. So Elise is the main character, and it starts off in the first chapter. She's escaping an abusive relationship, and her angels guide her in the middle of the night that it's time for her to get up and leave. And um, she's had a, she grew up in a, an abusive household, so the angels were always with her, keeping her safe. So she trusted when they told her it was time that, okay, this is what she had to do. So she gets in her car and she drives um, until she has to stop. And um, someone is there uh, to help her when, when she needed it and brought, brought these two together, but they both have their issues. Um, They both, they both have things to heal. So it's not like a love connection right off the bat. Um, Elise and Zeke both both have things that that keep them. They neither one of them are looking for a relationship, and um, but they're kind of thrown together. And she she has a lot of a lot of self worth issues, a lot of you know this programming that from when she was really small of of what she learned at home that that she was worthless, that there was no good in her, that she deserved to be abused, that you know all of these, these things and that she got growing up, she carried through in her adult relationships because that's what she, what she was programmed that, okay, this is just the way that, that people treat me. This is what I deserve. This is, you know, this is just how it is. And now, um, now that she meets Zeke and she, he brings her to an energy healer and she starts working through some of these, old programs and finding out what's true and what's not true. And, and that she does have the power to, to change the direction of her life. She doesn't have to stay on this path of abuse, um, but she can, she can uh, have something better that she really does deserve it. So that's, it's a story there. There is, you know, the theme of abuse is in there, but it's not the, the heavy, um, you know, like, digging into the deep trauma of the abuse, but it's, mm-hmm. it's okay. How do we, how do you overcome this and, and bring your life in a different direction after that? So yeah. it's well, more a story of hope. It is for sure. And I think that 
for women that are in that situation or still maybe they've gotten out of the situation but haven't done the healing, that mm -hmm. it, it's very inspirational for them. And I know you had me read the book because of my history with abuse. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I really resonated with the storyline. And, you know, back when I was in the middle of that kind of abuse, toxic relationship, really it was my, it was my worth, my lack of self-love mm -hmm. that kept me there and not knowing that I had a choice. I, I felt like I was caged, that I was mm -hmm. stuck. Yeah. And it, my world had to crash for me to then come out of that. Mm -hmm. Obviously I have come out of that, but then it was deep healing yeah. that I needed to do. Yeah. But in, before you did the healing, you, you had one abusive relationship and then into another one. And so it's that, you know, it took that you doing that deep healing to get yourself out of that. Yes. Out of that path. Right. The pattern. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for those of you that, you know, might be in it yourself, or maybe you have a friend or family member that is in it, just even putting this information in front of them might give them a glimmer of hope and inspiration. Yeah. Even though it's fictional, but it is based on real situations that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you may even be wondering whether it's abusive or not, but why do I keep attracting these same people? Why do, you know, why do I go from, you know, one one relationship to another and you know even though they're very different they're still not good for me you know why can't i find someone who is really um in line with the way i want things to be and that's where the healing comes in that you know mm. a lot of times it does come down to the um the self-love self-worth um knowing what what you deserve um that you're worthy of something better um, well, and the story, I also relate to it in the way that when I first met Skip, my husband, he was not looking to date. You know, he was still going through his divorce and it took several months for him to be willing to date me. And I, I was more ready than he was because I had already been doing a lot of the healing work. However, by him not being ready, it forced me to do even more healing work before we actually officially got together. And mm -hmm. Um, so also that part of the story, I could really um, yeah. relate to myself. Because I, I think it, it brings, you know, I, I like the balance of it, that it's not not all about the, the broken woman that needed to heal. Right. But, you know, he has his own issues. And in any relationship, we both bring our own stuff. And, you know, that both people need to 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 heal and um, take responsibility for, for where they are and what they bring to, to the relationship. Um, and so I, that was one thing that I felt was important with this story is that, yeah, he had his own issues and they weren't the same as hers, but mm -hmm. he had to do his own, own healing before, you know, he was ready to really help her. So yeah. And they ended up, they were helping each other all along. Beautiful. So, okay. So for those that are interested in getting your books, where, what's the best place for them to get that? Um, the best place is on my website. It's my author website. That's christinegrowth.com. K-R-I-S-T-E-E-N-G-R-O-T-H.com. 
And so on, on that website, there's a description of both books and a link to, to purchase both of them. And they're on Amazon. Um, and actually right now this week there, um, the, so, Soliloquy is on sale this week for 99 cents. So you can get that one cheaper right now. Um, the ebook. Okay. So um, for those watching this on Facebook, we'll definitely put the link on there. Mm -hmm. But I like, I like having books in my hand too. So, you so know, print copies also available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're working on your third book in the series right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So any little hints about what that one? what the theme is for that? Oh, the theme of that one is, um, well, PTSD is, is one that's coming up. So mm -hmm. the, the female character has, has some, um, trauma, some old trauma that's triggered by something that happened in her past. And then the, the male character, he has his own trauma that he's had trauma that happened before, but also during the story, something else happened. So, so they're, they're helping each other heal in at different times. So it starts off, she needs him or he's, he's helping facilitate her, um, her healing. And then it flips over to where he needs her and she's helping him to get past what's happened. Um, so I'm not going to tell you exactly what, uh, what's going on, but, um, yeah, it's, I'm, let's see. I haven't gotten real far into it. I'm probably a quarter of the way done, but it's, it's going to be another powerful story, kind of similar to uh, book two solicitude, mm -hmm. um, where, where we have both characters that are going through their healing process. Um, but at the same time, so okay well and what's maybe the time frame of that one coming out i'm well, shooting for fall of this year okay so. so we don't have to wait too long hopefully right yes <laughs> like for me like once i read book one i'm like okay where's book two and then <laughs> i got to read it so now you know if something's mm -hmm. good and you are you are a really good writer oh thank you i love hearing that <laughs> you keep the story moving along you know it's just it's really nice and descriptive and you feel like you're part of these characters and so anyway so I just those of you who haven't read Chris's books um you definitely need to get those yeah and you know, something it, it's interesting having it be a fiction book but it's it holds a lot of the um spiritual teachings of a nonfiction book and, but also the experiential, um, you know, like you're going through this healing process with the characters. So it, it helps. I, th I think it kind of brings it home of how you can use this for your life that, okay, you know, she was able to go through this. Maybe I can too. Or, you know, you're, you're kind of um, living vicariously through the, through the characters and going through the healing with them as well. So there, there's a lot that um, to be received from them. Yeah, there is. And so the healing that you talk about in the book is, are those the same kinds of healings that you do with clients? They are. Yeah. Okay. And so a, a lot of, a lot of the, the healing sessions are, are pulled from different clients that I've worked with or, you know, modified of course, but you know, 
a lot of them, this is, this is the kind of work that I do. This is, these things really can happen this way. And, um, and it, that this is, if you're ever wondering what, what a, a remote energy healing session looks like, or what, what entered, what emotional and spiritual healing is about these, the sessions in the book are, are what they're like. <laughs> Though it's different for everybody and it's different for whatever's coming up for you, but you know, it gives you a really good idea or a taste of it anyway. Yeah, definitely. And okay, so the characters, I mean, I know some about your life, not our our audience doesn't necessarily, but in what way how are you able to write these characters? Because you you don't necessarily have the same experiences that they do. No. And like, there's no character that is me, but I know there are parts of me in all of them. Um, mm -hmm. I guess I, I'm constantly thinking in dialogue and thinking like in movies and, you know, like scenarios are going through my mind all the time. That's just how my brain works. And so, you know, I'll have a conversation with someone and, and I might replay that conversation a hundred times later in different ways of, okay, different things I could have said. And, you know, part of it is, is maybe my, my doubting or critical nature, you know, oh, I should have said that or, you know, but, but it's also just, um, I, I think of different possibilities or, you know, it might not even be a conversation that I've had, but maybe one that, oh, what if I talk to this person about this? And then what would they say? And what would I say? And, you know, like this whole thing goes through my mind. Well, then as I'm writing a story, the dialogue just comes through so easy. Like that, that's just how my mind works. And I wake up in the morning and, and I, like my mind has already been working through different, different scenes and it might not be in this book, but, oh, you know, I could, I could use that someday or, you know, it's like, but, you know, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's because I, I read so much. I, I read like a book a day almost. Um, okay. And so like my, my brain just works in a fiction kind of way, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. <laughs> when when it came to okay if I'm gonna write a book what kind of book am I gonna write it had to be fiction because that's just how I think <laughs> right and I'm the opposite like again I don't I mean I could maybe try a fiction but I just my brain doesn't work that way mm -hmm. at least that I tell myself that maybe it does maybe if I said of course I can write fiction <laughs> then I would be able to yeah, yeah. so okay so give the audience a synopsis of all the kind of work that they could do with you if they're interested. Mm, okay. So, so I do have a, uh, a monthly membership that's called the Archangel Adventure Club. And in that club, we, um, we have two classes a month and we, we focus on one Archangel per month. So as I was saying, how, how I learned about you know, to experience the angels, it was through, you know, prolonged period of time. So we're focusing on one archangel each month, giving you the opportunity to, to listen to meditations, to connect with them, to, to, you know, see what, what experiences they bring you in that month. And then the next month we switch to a different one. So then you have different experiences and it helps to, um, you know, find that differentiation and to really, um, really learn 
learn which ones resonate with you and, and how they're different from each other. So that's Archangel Adventure Club. Um, that's a monthly membership that's $33 a month. So we have membership is open right now. Um, this coming month, April is going to be Joe Feel. And then in May is going to be Orion. Now, so Orion will get into your more like the galactic where we're, you know, Orion is an archangel, but also is connected to the cosmos. So I think that will be a fun one to um, like bridging those two different things. Yeah, for sure. I didn't even know there was an archangel Orion. How many archangels are there? Well, I don't know, really. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Orion's been one that has been kind of debated. Some say he's an archangel and some say he's more of a guide. And, you know, so we'll be kind of experimenting with that one and see what, um, what, uh, what we experience with that. See if, if we can discern for ourselves what, what is true for us about Orion. So okay. one, yeah. what, what are his qualities supposed to be like, I mean, cause Michael is power and protection and all that, right? And Raphael's more healing. Mm -hmm. So Orion, what's what energy? Well, and and I know more. You know, it's like connecting with that star energy and the 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 galactic the um, the consciousness. So I don't know. Um, we're we're going to be playing with that and see what what Orion brings us. Well, so. I look forward to hearing about that. Yeah. <laughs> What's Joe feel all about? Joe feel is um, is creativity and art and um, the home. So like time to clear your space and um, um, connection to to beauty, seeing the beauty all around you. So it's perfect one for springtime with um, you know flowers blooming and um, things coming back to life and. Uh, connect with your creativity and, and that flow of inspiration and see what you can, what beauty you can create in your life. Excellent. Okay. So you have Archangel Adventure Club. You also have um, a couple of different Oracle decks or affirmation decks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right so tell yeah. people about that. I have um, Archangel Affirmation deck. Let me see. That's right here. Um so the deck has, has all the different, um, like this one is Ariel. So it's in the color of the Archangel. And then it has a, an affirmation about what they can help you work with. So, um, you know, different ones for, um, you know, just choose through. There's Zadkiel with, um, so whatever the, each each archangel has four different cards, and then um, and the the affirmations uh, relate to the the um, strengths of that archangel. So it's a good way to learn about them, but also um, receive the message or the guidance that you need. Mm -hmm. What affirmation would be most helpful for you? Then I also have uh, archangel soul care cards. Um, that's these and each archangel, um, has a different, um, thing you can do for yourself. So this one, Gabrielle is find ways to express yourself. Um, let's see this one. 
Uriel about positive thoughts. So different um, different activities that you can do or um, things that would be um, helpful for you or that you need to know for that day. So, yeah, I love this deck. <laughs> They're both awesome, but yeah, I, I really like that. Thank you. The activities. Okay, so you've got the decks, you've got the books, you have your club, you have mm -hmm. your healing, your remote healing that you can do for people. Yeah, or so I do private sessions um, online. We do through Zoom like this. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I also do uh, Archangel Life Coaching. So both of those are done um, wherever you are in the world, but with a Zoom call like this. And you've created jewelry. We have a lot in common. We <laughs> <laughs> do, yeah. <laughs> my, my jewelry is focused on um, archangels, obviously. Um, so like this one is Zadkiel and has little angel wings and the, the crystals that um, are in the, the color and the stone of that, that um, resonate with that archangel. So got quite a few different ones of that. Yeah. Are those on your website as well? They are. Yeah. Okay. The website of chrisgrowth.com. So that's my business website where, um, well, everything is pretty much there, except I do have a separate author pay author website, but mm -hmm. all of my healing services and products and, um, um, classes and things are, are all on the chrisgrowth.com. Okay. One for people who want to um, meet with you in person, you're in the Twin Cities, Minnesota area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Because that was not part of your bio. So I just want people to know oh, yeah. where you reside in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is where I am. <laughs> Here you or they maybe are traveling through the area. Mm -hmm. So what has been your biggest takeaway from working with the angels? Um, I would say that, that we're never alone, that, uh, we have the support we need for whatever it is that we're going through. You know, we make choices and we, you know, are, um, we're, we're trying to do our best and, and be our best, but that we have this support team that, that has our back and is, you know, they're, they'll be, they'll be guiding us and cheering us on and, and helping us get through things. Um, so that we're not just um, floundering here by ourselves. Uh, we have we have a support team and we can call on them whenever we need them. They're always there. So, Yeah, beautiful. Well, and do you have to be religious or spiritual to have angels in your life? No, uh-uh. Um, I think that that's like a misconception. You know, they really aren't about religion. Um, there are a lot of the different religions do refer to angels, mm -hmm. but, but they're not um, associated with, with any one religion. And really you don't have to have any religion. Uh, anybody can call on the angels. Um, they're, they're beings of light. They're, they're all about love of humanity and they're here to support and, and help us um, to live our best lives. And similar to, to other beings of light, you know, it, they're, yeah. We have, we have so much support around us and not saying one is better than the other. It's, it's all in what resonates with you. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We, I mean, we, we have our spirit guides. I was working with a client yesterday where we got to, she got to meet one of her spirit guides 
she didn't know that he existed until we did the regression and but then it was like she knew him though when she it was there not and it's not anyone in her life but um and then some people you know meet their angels and some people meet their galactic family and guides and mm-hmm. but they're all part of us yeah yeah and i think especially right now with everything that's happening in the world it's nice to know that we have a little extra support that um, yeah yeah I agree. So have you had any ET experiences yourself? I know, you know, angels are your world, but have you had any experience at all? Well, I, I was at Mount Shasta, uh, I think it was about five years ago or so. And I got lost in, lost in the mountains there. And I, I was going on a hike. Somebody had recommended going to this place and so I, I was by myself. I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this little day hike. I'm going to go to where this little lake is and I'll sit and hang out at the lake and then, then come back. And well, I started going on the path that I thought was going to take me where, where they told me this lake was. Well, I'm walking and walking and walking for, if it was supposed to be like a half hour hike to this lake. Well, it was over an hour and I'm nowhere near lake. And so then, you know, I I decide, okay, it's got to be over, over this way. And so I decide to go through the trees to get to where I thought the lake was. Well, <laughs> never leave the path. Uh, everybody knows this, but that was what I did. And so I was, I was completely lost in, in, in the woods of Mount Shasta, you know, middle of nowhere, and I think I was walking for like five or six hours before I found my way back, before I found that lake where I, you know, was doing the quick hike to. Yeah. Um, but in that in that time, you know, I, I felt a presence around me. I, I felt like and I don't know if it was angels. I don't know if it was, you know, beings of the mountain. I, I felt like there was a being there was. There was beings in the mountain. Uh, it was both. <laughs> it was both. There were angels and there was the being of the mountain. And I was asking, okay, you got, please guide me to where I need to be. Because, you know, it was by the time I, I got to where I needed to be, the sun was setting. And so like, and to be lost in the wilderness at night, I you know, <laughs> did not want to, did not want that to happen. And yet I, I felt this presence around me and guiding me. Mm-hmm. And so even though I should have been completely freaked out, I was like there for somehow I just knew that everything was going to be okay, that, that I wasn't alone there and it was going to be all right. And, you know, they were guiding me and, and I did find my way. And it was one of, one of my, actually one of my coolest experiences just because, you know, I was I had nothing I could fall back on. Nobody even knew where I was. Um, I, I was out, you know, and it was, it was my last day of, of this trip. And then I was, you know, from, from there I was leaving to go, um, to go to the airport. Um, so I, like if I, you know, if I, if I would have stayed lost, nobody, you know, yeah, they wouldn't have known I didn't come home, but they wouldn't have known where to look. Um, 
but yeah, I, 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 I was guided and I even, um, I sat at one point, I, I, like I climbed up to where there was this rocky ridge and I was sitting there and like, okay, and I can see woods all around me and I, I can't see the lake I was looking for, even though, you know, I can see for miles around, but I, I couldn't see anything. And I was, I was asking, okay, you know, show me the way. And, and like, I, I could see like, like a lighted, a li it was lighter in one direction. Okay. And for some, somehow I knew, okay, that's the way I need to go. And, and yeah, it ended up being that way. And so many things happened along the way. You know, I was constantly seeing heart-shaped rocks and that was my thing. I, I love finding heart-shaped rocks, but mm -hmm. every path, everywhere I was going, even, even through the woods and through the um, ravine and everywhere I looked, there was heart-shaped rocks like leading me away, you know, so it was, it was miraculous. Um, but I also definitely felt like it was, there were angels around me, but it was also like the, the being of the mountain. And I think that's probably a galactic thing there. Actually, um, much about Mount, Mount Shasta and who lives there or who, who is supposed to live there. Right. And so um, I, I didn't, I mean, I, I know there is a lot, there's a um, galactic presence there, but I didn't really know who or what that was, but I, I felt the, like, I, I kept referring to it as the being of the mountain and that, that being of the mountain was um, reassuring me that, that I was safe there and that nothing would happen to me there. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. St. Germain is mm. one of the beings that's supposed to reside there that mm. people have stories of actually running into him, like seeing him. Huh. That would but, be cool. I would have liked to have seen him. Maybe he was there and I didn't see. <laughs> well, and then um, the inner earth beings, there's supposed to be an inner earth city under the mountain, Talos, okay. which are, and so the whole Agarthan um, group are the inner earth beings. So oh. we're originally from Lemuria and Atlantis. <laughs> so. Okay. And I resonate with that. I've read lots of different things about, um, Lemuria and Atlantis and I've felt the connection there, but I, I don't have the understanding of what it means, but, but I, when you say that, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> well, and for those people who are kind of like, who doubt themselves or their understanding, if you do get that, oh yeah, I know that, or you, or you get it in your body, mm -hmm. it's real. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and, and it's trusting that knowing that even if we don't understand it, if, if we yeah. have that, that, well, I don't know, this is my um, sacral um, authority, but it, it's, it's, yeah, trusting that, that gut sense of, okay, yeah, I know that's right. I don't know why I know that's right, but it is. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on with me today. And for those of you who are interested in doing any kind of work with Chris, chrisgrowth.com or buy her books, Solicitude and Soliloquy on christinegrowth.com or Amazon. Get that mm -hmm. 99 cent uh, Kindle download. Yeah. 
on Amazon. And thank you all for tuning in or watching the replay. And I will see you all next time. Thanks. Thanks so much, Lisa. Bye.